your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I am walking you through today your hour of Thrive Time. I am so thrilled that you are joining us today. I got to tell you something. Today's going to be a fantastic show. Many of you now have uh, reached out to me and have said to me that you really appreciate the consistency of the content that I continue to deliver, which is thrive-minded, innovative, very creative, in addition to bringing different people with different skill sets and different thought patterns and these amazing thought leaders with concepts and, and really dynamic ways to look at life in, in ways that help uh, that can help you thrive. And uh, today's going to be no different, my friends. Today, we've got a dynamic show where three incredible people, our featured guest is none other than the founder of Teladoc, Michael Gordon. We're going to speak with him in a few minutes. But I want you to know that your time today, that you're carving out to invest with us this hour of Thrive Time will yield tremendous dividends in your ability to thrive because today will be yet another way for you to acquire knowledge that can help you succeed and further along your life in an area where many of you I know are interested in. So hold on to your seat because we're going to have a great Thrive Time today. But those of you that are returning I want to thank you also for continuing to come back and visit our show. As I had mentioned uh, prior, our show continues to gain massive momentum week to week to week. So continue to share the links. Continue to let people know that we've got a great quality program here happening Sunday mornings at 10 or on the rebroadcast on all of my social media platforms. Let people know that they can find a great place that they can get quality content. And these days, I'm going to tell you something, my friends, based on what's going on out there, boy, that is in short supply, isn't it? Positive content, that's in short supply, but you can count on it happening every Sunday here on our show, The Jay Mamie Talk Show. So make sure that you visit my show site, thejmamietalkshow.com. Hop on over to the archive section, binge here some of my prior episodes. We keep cranking them out week after week, developing and building and creating a dynamic library of information for you to enjoy daily as you are continuing your journey of life. And why, by the way, you while you're there, make sure that you have a look at my books. My Thrivology book is now become an official international bestseller. We're pushing hard for that same designation here in the U.S. And with your support, I'm sure we'll get there. Thrivology is a book that you need to have in your library of books. But also, you're going to find all of my goodies there uh, on my website, thejmamie.com. And with that being said, I want to launch our show right now with our first guest. Michael Gordon is not only a four-time serial entrepreneur who's created tens of billions of dollars in net worth from companies that he started, one of them being Teladoc. But he's one of the pioneers of telemedicine and digital health. And Gordon helped create what is becoming a trillion-dollar industry. Not only is he a bestseller of a handful of books, one of them broken handoff, that works with uh, and educates entrepreneurs and, and investors, his books have become Amazon top sellers, and for good reason. We're excited to have this genius with us today. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Well, I know you run a very busy schedule, and uh, so I taking time out to to really pour wisdom to my listening audience is something I appreciate. So thank you for taking a time out. Now, I promise you, we're going to pack 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag in the next 20 or so minutes here. So I am double-bagging it. <laughs> we're going to double-bag it, Michael. So we're going to let it rip. But before we do that, I, I know there's, a, there's such a great history to you, and I've heard you speak oftentimes about having an adventurous spirit, and that's some of the things that we spoke about earlier in the show. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 13 years old, so I know all about that adventurous spirit. But to be an entrepreneur, let alone a serial one, which is what you are, that requires a an adventurous spirit to the next level. I'd like to learn from you or hear from you when and how did you develop yours, and then who played a role in that, if anyone, uh, if anyone rather. Well, I think I was a little bit older than you, although, you know, I did have a newspaper route when I was a teenager. Hey, there you go. Just because like you, we were poor. Mm-hmm. I needed money. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I went to engineering school and then became an engineer for about 10 years. And somewhere in that path, I decided the world was not moving fast enough. So I left engineering for the super high risk, um, high reward world of entrepreneurism. I think that was um, back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that you, you you pointed out is early on, it's so obvious. I, I believe oftentimes uh, an entrepreneur reveals their character, they reveals their calling because they find some things to do out of necessity or out of inspiration. I think for you and I, we did it out of necessity and later on it became out of inspiration. Uh, but did anyone specifically play a role in your life that you mimic, that you sort of saw them live this adventurous entrepreneurial spirit life that you said to yourself, well, I want to be like them? Um, actually, yes. But, you know, I was already on the entrepreneurial path when mm-hmm. I met a guy named Nathan Morton. And Nathan is well known in the retail circle because he was a store manager at a place called Target. There were just a few of them. And he created this idea to grow it to 200 stores. And it worked. And a bunch of articles got written about him. And so this guy who had a hardware store called him and said, hey, I've got this thing called Home Depot. Would you help me do that? And, um, and so he did that again. And then, and, then, and then he thought about, this was the late 80s now. And he said, I need to build a computer store because there really aren't any. Mm. And so he started a thing called CompUSA that became a $4 billion uh, deal uh, when he sold it. And so Nathan was kind of my... He's the one who first said to me, design the foundation of what you want to look like in 10 years and start building it like that. Don't build a cabin, tear it down, build a bigger house, tear it down, build a bigger house. Figure out where you want to go and build a foundation now. That's brilliant. And a lot of that has to do with the vision to even know what it looks like, let alone the the blueprint to build it. I, I think you can have, uh, without the vision, it'll be very difficult to create the blueprint. And that's one of the things that I know, Mike, that, that you would agree that it's sort of one of these common denominators of adventurous entrepreneurial individuals. Uh, they've got an incredible amount to develop, incredible ability to develop a vision when others struggle to get a thought, they have full-length feature films. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you agree to that? Yeah, well, I, let me say this. There's a lot of people with great ideas. It is not great ideas that make great companies. It's great people. Mm. And by great people, you have to start with a great idea, but you have to have people that it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down and kicked in the teeth. You get back up, put a smile on, and go again. If you can't do that you're probably not going to succeed. 
You know, Michael, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and uh, now our conversation today, because there's so much that we can chat about, it's probably going to go all over the place. <laughs> but in, at the end of the day, probably, right? I mean, that's what happens when two creative people get together. It goes all over the place. Uh, but in the end, you find the, the silver lining in that conversation. But let's talk about something that, that I wanted to chat with you about. Uh, that I've heard you speak about often, I speak about this often, but I think it's a missing element that most people don't realize that to be, uh, to reach that high level, you have to have success stamina. So in your vast experience, how would you define the concept of success stamina? Well, I, I think that you have to have, first of all, the vision, and then you have to have the never give up spirit. And so that's what I was saying is that the, the reality, everybody who's been successful, you know, there's a great story about uh, Thomas and Edison. How many times did he try to create the light bulb uh, before he actually created it? And it was like thousands. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you have to just keep going and going and going. And that's, you know, there's the word stamina. Uh, it's a marathon. It's not a run around the block. And I, and I love that. It's it's not a run around the block. That's that's. That's actually the best way to put it. It's you're in it for the long haul. It's not a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. But let's back. Yeah. And there, uh, there, mm -hmm. there's actually another analogy that goes really well here. Every one of your listeners who's ever run a marathon, you can ask them, what's the halfway point? So a marathon is 26 miles, right? And um, most experienced runners will tell you, not 13, which is half of 26, they'll tell you something around 18 to 24. And for me personally, it's probably like 22 miles. It's that last four miles that really, that's, that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. That's the part where, you know, you're just, it, it's only what you have inside, not, not your training, nothing else. It's just how much grit is in there. You know, one of the things that I, I'm, a, I'm having three kids, I'm always constantly trying to teach my kids about grit, stamina, and so on and so forth. And not just through an academic cerebral way, but more of an, of an actual physical way. I know you do the same. And I love the story you spoke about recently with your kids. You, you have your kids uh, travel the states and hit the highest points of these mountains. But for specific reason, I know you're, you're fostering in them a healthy, adventurous spirit. But what else are you trying to develop in them that as parents we could all take a page from? Well, I don't, I don't know there's a perfect parent. I'm trying like everybody else mm -hmm. is. So, you know, I'll take any advice. But I, but I will tell you this, that, you know, you and I grew up with a phrase, no pain, no gain. Mm -hmm. And we always thought of it as, you know, the athletic, you know, run harder, lift more, do those kinds of things. And so what I did was I said, yeah, let's have the kids climb the highest point of elevation in all of the 50 states. And um, it, it, it became much more than I thought. My perspective on it was I want to put them in really tough situations where the, there's a summit ahead and they've got to figure out how to get there. And, and it's just what they've got inside. But the other thing that I didn't realize when I created the idea was it's, a, it's an adventure. And you're marrying these two together in this conversation this morning, you know, entrepreneurism and adventure. They go to hand, together hand in hand quite well. And so we've seen 42 of the states as a family, and, um, and, and we've gotten up some pretty difficult mountains. Some, you know, where I was dragging the kids, some where they were dragging me. Hmm. So success. You know, I like that. You're, you're absolutely right. We're sort of taking this, this play on adventure, uh, this adventurous lifestyle and entrepreneurial living. And you're right. There's, there's overlapping there. So the last question before we go to break here, with any adventure, there's a measure of risk. 
right? You, there's going to be a measure of risk with any adventure. But how should someone measure risk? And what is healthy and what's suitable risk in your opinion? Well, I think life or death is really difficult. People that have heard me talk before know that in the early days of Teladoc, the boards of medical examiners said, if I built the company, I was going to go to prison. That was a risk that I thought was worth taking Mm. because I didn't believe what I was doing should be illegal. And what I needed to do was convince people that it shouldn't be illegal. Um, But you know, the, the, there's a phrase that uh, that I tell my kids all the time, and that is the brave, they don't live forever. But mm. the cautious, they hide in the closet. They don't live at all. That's an excellent phrase, Mike. And I want to share with you that that's a great place for us to go to break. And I want to pick up on the flip side of that, because metaphorically speaking, we as entrepreneurs, especially serial entrepreneurs, there's landmines along the way that sometimes blow us up. So when we come back after the break, I want to tackle that with your experience. And we'll do that after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmaney.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Welcome back, everyone, to the J. Mamie Talk Show. Having a fantastic conversation here with Michael Gordon. Michael, on our last segment, we left off with entrepreneurial landmines. You've had an experience that uh, really, a 10 lifetimes of experience as an entrepreneur, and you've dealt with entrepreneurs. What would you say are some of the entrepreneurial landmines that you've seen blow up an entrepreneur and equally his dream? Entrepreneurs tend to be creative, and to some degree, you have to control that creativity. There's a really great Disney, I think it was Disney, called Up, and Mm -hmm. in that movie was a dog that every time it saw a squirrel, it ran towards the squirrel, and entrepreneurs that don't succeed do that all the time, so Mm -hmm. they see a great idea, they chase it, and then they see another one, and they chase it, And, and five years later, they're back where they started. They've made no progress. You have to stay focused on one objective and get it done before you move on to the next one. That's a huge landmine. You know, I I couldn't agree with you more because even myself, I have found myself there where here comes a shiny new item. Right. And we're chasing the shiny new item. And I have I've had to put the pause button, hit the brakes and say, hey, now, wait a minute. How many things are actually going to get involved in? Because if you dilute your time and your focus, you're not going to get anything done. So that is a powerful landmine, and I hope that our entrepreneurs are paying attention to that. But I want to pivot a little bit more into your area of expertise also, and that is in raising capital. When an entrepreneur is looking to raise capital, uh, they have to do a self-assessment, right? What would, and I mean a personal self-assessment, what would you say 
is a good self-assessment to take when they're assessing themselves and their offering as they're pursuing capital? Think of it as your checkbook. Think of it as a stranger that's coming up to you and saying, give me some money. Why would you do it? And I can tell you, a lot of entrepreneurs fall into the mindset of, I, I'm doing something great. This is going to be great someday. And, and they think that's going to raise money. Some entrepreneurs fall into the mindset of, you've got millions of dollars. What would 500000 That's nothing to you. That's a piece of bubble gum. Both of those are wrong. Mm-hmm. Investors will write checks because they believe you have inevitability. You've got to be able to demonstrate that. And the best way to demonstrate it is not chase the shiny objects. Make progress on the tasks that get to your end, uh, to your end zone. And that's when the, that's when the uh, investors will start looking at it. That's a mic drop, uh, Michael. That's a, it's a mic drop. You said when they see inevitability. And Correct. I, I mean, I've never heard it put that way. And you're absolutely right. Why would I write a check to someone if I don't think they're going to be in it for the long haul, if I don't see that there is a, a, a trajectory of, of success and profit and, and longevity? I, I, that's, just a, that's just a brilliant point. What would be the deficiencies that you would say a serial entrepreneur or an entrepreneur needs to pay attention to before they even pursue capital? Well, so the great thing about capital is there's it's like walking up a stairwell. You can start with your own money, and that's where you normally have to go. Start with your own money, do things with sweat equity, and mm-hmm. then you call your friends and family. They know you. They love you. Um, they will get you to the next level. Uh, then you go to a group of, of high net worth people called angel investors, and and those guys have a lot less criteria than the venture capital. And so you raise a little bit of money with them in a seed round. And then you go to the VCs, and and by that time, you have success under your belt. You know, that's a, a great point. Go to the friends and family who love you, support you, believe in you, will encourage you, raise capital there, and then go to the next level. Um, but I, I would have to say that part of that, part of the the, pop, the probability of, of getting the money, so to speak, is how well you are managing the one that you have been given early on, uh, starting with your own, and then obviously with those that are friends and family. I think discipline, having a disciplined approach to how you manage that money will allow you to be able to garner more or or not have any success with that at all. And and speaking about success, from you observing others' behavioral patterns, I mean, obviously you've worked with entrepreneurs, or you've been on boards. From studying them, I know from life, when you study other people and you study experiences, you learn what works and you learn what doesn't. But personally speaking, what lessons have you learned about what hasn't worked when you've gone out there uh, and, and really just put it all on the line in pursuit of something that you thought was going to be a good thing? Well, people are the number, number one reason why you succeed and potentially why you fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to know your personal strengths and weaknesses and the strengths and weaknesses of the people around you. One thing that I am not good at is assessing to a very deep level, the caliber of the people around me. I can look at credentials, but I don't know what's going to happen when the bullets start uh, flying. Mm. Are they going to run and hide? And Mm. so I'd like to always have somebody around me who's good at that, who's good at assessing character up front. And um, because I think when you start a company, 
you have to surround your pe- yourself with people who are smarter than you, mm-hmm. and you have to listen to them when they give you advice. But how do you know that the people that you have around you are good? And that's a really tough one, and, and it's one that I typically like to rely on other people around me assessing. That's a brilliant point because being able to assess someone else's character is not a strength that all of us have. And sometimes if we don't give that responsibility to someone else, whether uh, because of pride or, or just uh, just a lack of understanding the value of doing that, you could hire the wrong people or get around the wrong people that all, all ultimately can sabotage your progress. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. I, I want to talk about Vult, uh, of I'll say vulture capitalist. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my, my subconscious mind is coming out now, see? Uh, yeah. But I do want to talk about venture capitalists. What, what are the key things that venture capitalists look for when assessing whether they're going to invest uh, in a particular idea or, or concept beyond seeing the inevitability of it? What are the other things that they're looking for? Well, so first of all, this is a huge topic. You and I could spend several shows on it, exactly. and I've written a book on it. And so, it, you know, my my book is called Broken Handoff, and I'm not saying that as an advertisement. I'm saying it because if you think about an entrepreneur has to be good enough to get through VC due diligence, and yet 70% of the companies that are funded by VCs fail. Why is that? Mm. And um, and so what you've opened is is a huge a, a door to a huge room. And I would suggest that you know if if we want to discuss that one, that may be another that may be another um, show. Well, you know what you've just uh, you just titled our next show when you and I are on. In fact, that's one of the things I'm going to talk to you about. Make sure that uh, before you and I wrap up that we have you back on the show because this is a major question. And I know that's one that that the answers people would be interested in, in hearing. So let's shelve this for the next show. But I want to do talk. I want to talk about, about the, how, how the entrepreneur, how they can impress though early on, at least the attention of a, a venture capitalist to at least grab the attention of one. Because I know there's many out there that have ideas and they just don't even know how to package it enough to create intrigue. That's people. You've got to find good mentors who know how to navigate that space. The, think about it this way. You're a young entrepreneur who's building his or her first or second company, and you're going to be talking to VCs who turn down 100 deals a week. You've got to have somebody who's experienced. And, and I, I, for the young entrepreneurs, that's what I would tell them. Always find somebody who's been down the road several times who can advise you and, and, and help you get prepared for a meeting with somebody who really knows their stuff. Surround yourself with the right people who can help you package your proposal and package your ideas. Brilliant advice. In our last minute here, I want to have some fun. You, I, I want to talk about the ground moon map. I, I've heard you talk about this moon map you're excited about, this this map that's going to be the size of the moon. It's here in Texas. And uh, the last I heard, it was it was almost in the final stages, somewhat, middle stages. Where are we, where are you, rather, with this moon map? Well, the it's going to be in Jacksboro, Texas, mm-hmm. and it's it's much more than just a moon map. It is a uh, an international destination. Fortune 1000 corporations will want to come there and do their uh, sales events and uh, executive management sessions um, because it is a place where there will be 
inspiration everywhere you look. Mm. And um, we are starting construction. I expect in the late November timeframe, we're still looking for some naming rights sponsors for parts of the facility. And, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. We have Apollo astronauts who actually went to the moon who are part of our team. Wow. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to get any <laughs> higher than that. Wow. You know, literally, I'm right. I mean, figuratively and literally. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you got the astronauts involved. I, I got to tell I'm just when I heard that I, I'm I'm a big, big fan of astronomy. I mean, I'm teaching my son all sorts of things about astronomy. And the moon is one of those topics that we're discussing. So when I heard you talk about this and now as you're, you're evolving the, what the project will entail, I'm super excited about it. I hope that uh, when it becomes uh, available to, to for, for visits and, and for trips out there that we'll we're going to chat about that next time you're on the show, and hopefully we'll get an update on that as well. Uh, but, Michael, it's been awesome having you on. We are going to have another segment, uh, hopefully in the next six months, because there's so much to cover that we uh, just didn't have enough time to do that. But I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. Jay, you're a great man. It's a privilege to be on. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Hey guys, your website sucks. At least dealing with it probably does. And your website is the center of your marketing universe. So that's really not good. Your website lives in the weird world of the geek, which is a realm that is almost inaccessible to normal humans like yourself. Since 2004, your web guys have been bridging the gap between small business owners and their web presence. Because at your web guys, we will build your website so you can build your business. Here's the deal. We will go over 268 checkpoints on your website, which will tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. Go to WebsiteHealthCheck.net to get this great value. Hi, this is Lynn Ellis with EcoFriends Organic Pest Control. Everyone wants to be healthy and is making tremendous efforts to be healthy and stay healthy through their diet, their cleaning products, lifestyle. But if you use any other type of pest control besides a green organic pest control, you have just undone everything you did. Visit us at EcoFriendsPestControl.com. That's EcoFriends.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm always interested in hearing the stories of individuals that not only step out in faith, uh, but they find a, a challenge and they believe they have a solution that can better the lives of others. And that's the case today with our business spotlight, AJ. Uh, and, I, you know, it's funny. His name is AJ. Uh, but uh, the the reality is that his A stands for Abdel, right? Abdel, that's correct. Abdel. And he's the CEO and the founder of American Top Attorneys, a very interesting company that is providing a very unique service. In fact, when the more I had a chance to hear his story, the more I got intrigued about it, and the more I realized that he's doing good things for people, and that is what a business spotlight is all about. So in studio today on the Jay Mamie Talk Show, we're going to welcome AJ, the CEO and founder of American Top Attorneys. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. Glad to be here. You know, you deserve the right to be here. Ultimately, the, the best part about being on on, on, a, on our show as a business spotlight is you're doing things that are inspiring others to thrive. That's how you're that's how you get a ticket on the show, brother. Got it. All right. <laughs> All right. So before we dive into what you're doing through uh, American Top Attorneys, um, American Top Lawyers, rather. American Top Attorneys. American Top Attorneys. Uh, I want to first find out a little bit about you and then what inspired you to begin this journey. Well, you know, truthfully, I mean, a long time ago, I can think back my childhood. Mm-hmm. When I was three, four years old, and my grandma used to take me watch movies. 
Um, we watched, you know, of course, who, who doesn't remember? I'm probably going to age myself here, but Dumbo, the movie. And we were walking outside and there was all the street vendors. Mm-hmm. So that I always wanted to do that. It kind of fascinated me, like just getting a toy. Who doesn't want to open up a toy when they were so young? And ultimately, I found out um, even after that, I started, I asked my grandma, can I can I sell some snowflakes? I was cutting some snowflakes, kind of putting the paper together and everything. And I don't know if she, what she did with them. She probably put them away. But I was like, I want to sell these out, you know, out in the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my main inspiration to begin an entrepreneur journey. Right. And uh, and yet entrepreneur spirit was turned on. Exactly. Right? The light switch turned on. We, you and I have a similar story. I, I, me was bottles and cans. Ah. And you were uh, cut out little pieces of paper. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so what have you done these prior... Took um, a non-traditional route and went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after high school, you know, Got and unfortunately with the bad crowd and so forth and um, had some issues there. But I, my dad got me into selling real estate when I was 21 years old. Okay. Uh, found mentorship there, so I got together with good people that had you know the you know life is you know the sky's the limit pretty much. Mm-hmm. Just set your goals and you can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly after that, it was pre 2008. You know, the recession at that point right. came about. Yeah. I was in real estate for about three years. Got rookie of the year, so not too bad. Awesome. But eventually I was like, let me go back to college. Let me let me get my degree. Mm-hmm. Let me try to see improve my business. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I did well, community college. After that, I went to the University of Arizona. I got I was fortunate enough to make a commitment, make a decision. I was like, I want to go to the McGuire Entrepreneurship Center where I learned venture capital, how to raise funds, how to create something that's, that can get funding. Okay. That's, that's where I learned my, my practical, my technical. Uh, and then after that, I got recruited to work uh, for one of the companies here in, in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So I got recruited to work out here and never uh, got the entrepreneurship itch off mm-hmm. of me. Right. I was like, you know what, mm-hmm. let me, uh, I want to continue doing something. So I, you know, continued to work on some stuff. And eventually, you know, just just recently I took a leap of faith. You know, I think a lot of um, good authors that written a lot of books on things and Mm -hmm. people that inspire people Mm -hmm. just like you are. Right. And actually, you know, taking that leap. Excellent. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the entrepreneur itch never got off you. Mm -hmm. Brother, it'll never leave you. (laughs) Right. Once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. If that's in your DNA... It's going to find its expression through one avenue or another. You can't run away mm. from it. But let's talk about then uh, American Top Attorneys. Why did you pursue that? What inspired? There are a lot of places, a lot of different uh, avenues you could have pursued. What was it about this particular company, service, agenda that inspired you to pursue it? Well, there's an opportunity in the market that I saw. I was working for a personal injury attorney here in Dallas. I was fortunate enough to um, preview what was a marketing director for the firm. Okay. And, you know, it's good pay, good people. I loved it there. And, but eventually I, you know, I, I wanted to do something meaningful. Mm-hmm. I was helping, we were helping people and we, mm-hmm. they are helping people, but 
but I felt personally I wanted to do something more impactful mm-hmm. with my life. Um, so I decided, you know what, let me, and I also noticed that it's a very lucrative market, you know, marketing, uh, it's very competitive. Right. A lot of attorneys market their services and some of them, you know, they do great things. You know, there's a lot of people doing awesome, but there's a lot of people, attorneys and firms that do need help. Mostly the startups, people that have been in business for one or two years, five years, even 10 years, they need to get back. Um, to, to, you know, showcase the, the firm. So that's why I was like, you know, let's go ahead and help them out and create something like this. So you saw an area that not only could you, you could pour your heart and passion into it, but you saw a need that existed mm-hmm. and you wanted to fill that need. Business-wise, that is yeah, correct. Yeah, well, that's, that's what an entrepreneur does. You recognize, uh, you identify a need, and then you come up with a solution. Right? Exactly. So what do you find are the areas that your business serves um, the needs of the consumer better? How does it serve the needs of the consumer better with what you're doing at American Top Attorneys? Well, we serve the, cus- the consumer because there's two consumers. There's right. the right. person that's searching for services and, of course, attorneys that are also consumers looking to market their service. The way we help our clients or people that are searching through the site is basically finding an attorney. Uh, we allow consumers who rate the the attorneys that they work with, uh, just like Yelp and Google and okay. so forth. You know, it's become an era of, you know, we want right. transparency. Reviews, reviews. If, yeah. You know, good reviews is, can make you, bad reviews can break you. Exactly, so, exactly. So that's that's another thing that we have on there. Um, and then the other market that's that we also put more meaning into is, you know, college students. I myself having through go to college and, you know, funding my own way, working part-time jobs while going to the university and so mm-hmm. forth. It was very crucial uh, for me to get grants, you know, get try to get good grades to get grants and scholarships and so forth. So I was like, what would it, it wouldn't it be a great idea to actually be able to align ourselves with something that's meaningful and we decided to let's go ahead and give out some scholarships to students that are looking to get to law school. We know it's grad school, but mm-hmm. you know somebody that you know I personally only have an undergrad from a grade school, okay, uh, and I've looked into getting you know a graduate degree, but you know it's sometimes it, yeah. very a lot of cost. Yeah. If, yeah. So I mean, you have it's a big decision these days, especially. Um, so. If we could help out students that are looking to do something good, you know, for themselves and humanity and our communities, why not give them the opportunity? Okay. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you when you and I were chatting is that you're obviously you're focused uh, as a profitable company uh, to make profits and and serve the consumer and serve attorneys, which I want to piggyback on that a little bit. But you also want to be you're sensitive to the needs of, in this case, college students Mm -hmm. who are looking to further their education. But because of the cost of education, they could very well be limited. And you're looking to make a a dent in that arena as well. So I want to chat more about that because I think we can get behind that. We can certainly support you behind that, uh, behind that initiative. But so how does it work? I mean, if I've got my listeners, they're listening. They're saying, okay, how does it work from a consumer standpoint? And then how does it work from an attorney perspective? Because I have a lot of attorneys who've been on the show, attorneys who, who, who listen to the show. Explain to them how it works so they could find the goodness behind what you're providing the community. Well, it's pretty similar to Google or Yelp. 
Uh, if somebody's searching for an attorney, obviously the first step most people these days search on Google. Right. Searching for, you know, family law attorney or whatever issue they may be having, any issues with they may, they may have legally. They go on Google and the first thing they're going to see is, you know, they're going to see something called organic results, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, there are paid advertisements and so forth and the maps and everything. There's ways to get on there, which we we can help with. Uh, but when consumers go through that and they find our link and they find our website, they can search directly, but it helps consumers find an attorney for what they're looking for in their city, uh, by zip code, okay, um, by practice area, so forth. Now, the one thing I know that you said to me was, you're not uh, you're not beholden to one or two law firms. You're you've opening up that that the particular industry, whatever that industry is within that that law practice, to multiple attorneys, mm-hmm. so that the consumer can shop, right, uh, at at their discretion and do the homework, do the research on each person available. So really, it's like a one stop shopping. Uh, mm-hmm. for attorney services for the consumer. It is, absolutely. How does it benefit the attorney um, who might be looking for exposure? Well, I mean, the, the benefit for them, of course, we do have people that search our site every day. You know, we have a lot of people that search our site and, and they're looking for attorneys there. Right? That's, you know, primarily our biggest thing. Um, again, there's other outside benefits, external benefits like, you know, SEO, search engine optimization, that's mm-hmm. one thing where, you know, their site links back to our site. Okay. So that's an external benefit. Uh, we like to actually be able to, and this is, you know, this is something new, right? We're just building this out. And we eventually, a vision for us would be to have, help the attorneys create also scholarships and help them with that and have it be a platform where attorneys are really American top attorneys, not just for their law uh, of what they do in law, but obviously that's, you know, primarily the main thing, but what else are they doing in the community? Mm-hmm. What else are they do doing for the clients? Um, you know, so it's still a work in progress, but that's, we, we look to over deliver value in one way or another. So it's evolving. Good. So how would you say that this service is different from similar services that, that are already in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Why should someone go with American top attorneys? What makes us different from other competitors out there, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is the value that we give. Okay. Um, that's what we're, how we're differentiating ourselves. We want to deliver value more than, more than people they may pay us. Okay. That's, that's what we, that's where we're going with. Um, Consumers, everybody, attorneys out there, visit our site, find out for yourselves. The website's AmericanAttorneys.com. AmericanAttorneys.com. AmericanTopAttorneys.com. AmericanTopAttorneys.com. All right. Hey, listen, we appreciate you being here. AJ Hernandez, CEO and founder of AmericanTopAttorneys.com. Go check them out. They're doing some very unique things. And I believe somewhere along the lines, you're going to need and, and, appreciate, and be appreciative of the fact that you've heard their segment and his information here on the show. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Are you feeling stuck, unfulfilled, and wanting more? Frustrated you're not far enough along in your business, finance, relationships, or your health? 
My name is Luke Harlan, and I'm a transformational mindset coach helping people just like yourself confidently thrive in whatever area they focus on. And I invite you to attend my free master class where you'll learn how to master your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions to achieve the life you've always imagined. Simply go to LukeHarlanCoaching.com to register. That's LukeHarlanCoaching.com. Hi, this is AJ with AmericanTopAttorneys.com. Have you ever had the need to get legal advice? We have created a platform where you as a consumer can find the top attorneys in America. You can search for top-rated attorneys in over 176 legal practice areas. You can search by city, state, and even zip code for free. Every time you use our site, it helps us fund scholarships to deserving students. If you need an attorney, search where America finds its top attorneys. Visit AmericanTopAttorneys.com to search now. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. In the studio today, I'm excited to hear from our corporate sponsor. You know, your web guys are one of the most recognized names here in DFW, but not only DFW, Richard, I mean, really around the country. And uh, the knowledge and wisdom that these uh, individuals have has helped so many businesses address their IT issues, their website issues. And I could personally say they're helping me out, too. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're incredible people doing incredible things for folks. And they they're intended on helping those in business thrive, especially in the areas of their IT work. So that's why Richard Kinney, the CEO and founder of Your Web Guys, is with us in studio today. Good evening. I'm glad to be here. Or afternoon. <laughs> hey, if it's the afternoon. Hey, listen, some people are going to hear the show at nighttime, so it's okay. <laughs> so, Richard, I know that you and I chatted recently about the flaws that uh, business owners find themselves dealing with in their IT, in their web presence. Mm-hmm. So I want to just release the brakes and, and let your wisdom share with our listening audience who are, <laughs> who are predominantly business owners, entrepreneurs that are, you know, just like me. I thought I had something that was pretty decent, found out it was a mess. Well, <laughs> it, it, it can use some work and that's what we're doing. But ultimately the the, the biggest issue and what you ran into is actually what a lot of small business owners are running into right now. And that is who owns the website. Mm. Um, a lot of the, the solutions that are out there, the, the free solutions like the Wix and the Weeblies, they're great for, for folks that, you know, have more time than they have money. Um, but ultimately it's, it's free and you get what you pay for, but because it's free, you don't own it. Mm -hmm. They own the website. They own the files. They own technically, if you look at their TOS or terms of service, um, you'll see that they, they technically own your content too, which is mm. rather surprising. But um, there are lots of services out there that are hosted services that are, you know, these WYSIWYG or what you see is what you get, drag and drop solutions um, that are really, really bad if you ever have a problem with them. And, and you know, then the next question is, well, what, what bad could happen? Well, ask the folks that spent a lot of time on MySpace whether or not that was a good investment of time on something that they didn't own. <laughs> right. And that's the problem is you don't own it. They could change their terms of service. They could change their pricing, and, and you're being held hostage. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably the biggest thing that, that I'm running into right now with clients, and, and it's all under software as a service. And it doesn't have to be just the whole website. It could be parts of your website. Anything that is a third-party software as a service or SaaS um, is is worrisome just because mm-hmm. at any moment they could go away. And when they go away, then that service goes away or they change their pricing. And if you're dependent on it, that's a really, really bad situation. How, what, what percentage of businesses would you say um, subscribe to the Wix and these other, uh, you know, smaller startup kind of internet sites? Like, yeah. Again, like what I had. Right. <laughs> it, it depends on what stage of, of their business they're in. Um, brand new startups, a lot of them do it because they, they, 
they, they look at their website as an afterthought initially, you know, they're more worried about their books and setting up their systems and processes. And I can understand that, mm-hmm. but it's, it, the wise ones will look at their website as what it is. And that's the center of their marketing universe. And they'll pay attention to it and make sure that it's a good foundation to build on. A lot of times we run into folks that have existing sites or have been in business for a long time and they, they never even thought about their website. And that's just, that's, that's building a foundation of their, of their company, on shifting sands because that's, that's, it's mission critical now. It's no longer an option. Um, and so that's, that's one of the biggest concerns that I have for small business, small business owners, you know, midsize and, and larger and well-funded folks, they, they know to do it and they, and they pay attention to mm-hmm. it. But you know, the folks that are just kind of putting a, a shingle out for the first time and doing it by their bootstraps, it, it, it's, it's money well spent to invest in your web presence because that you can build on. Well, one of the things that I, I learned from you and and one of the, 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 the special aspects of your web guys is that you really take the time to educate, to really teach people, not the macro and the micro part right, of it, right? right. <laughs> but enough to realize, hey, uh, my website sucks, right? <laughs> right? And uh, I need help. Like for me, when you showed me that my videos were loading mm. um, and it was taken like, I don't know, I, I think if by the time one of them would have ended up loading, would have been the next presidential election, <laughs> right? So I said, that's no good. I said, right. I, people aren't going to watch my videos if it takes forever to load. And then they weren't, uh, it was one thing on the website, but when, when I got to the phone, rather seeing on a tablet or a, a desktop, mm-hmm. but the phone is a whole other ball game. Yep. So, so speak about that a little bit, if you could. Yeah. So not only are, are most of your visitors, and, and when I say you, I mean like anybody that's listening, <laughs> most of your visitors are on mobile devices now. Uh, and that's why Google, um, who kind of is our industry standard, we, we Google giveth and Google taketh away. So we make sure we please Google. Um, and uh, one of their recent uh, or most recent uh, dictates from on high was mobile first design. And what that means is, you know, since 2004, when we started, um, you know, we were designing on big screen, you know, well, I guess they were originally tube, <laughs> you know, big, big monitors back in the day, but, um, you know, big screen monitors and, and you have a lot of room to look at and you look at the website on that screen size. Um, and that's how you built it. And then, and later on we had mobile versions and then we had responsive and then we would check the, the mobile stuff later after the initial site was built on a desktop size uh, mm-hmm. screen resolution. Mm-hmm. Now it's the opposite. You have to do it from the mobile first, wow. then check it on the desktop version. Cause Google looks at not only just the, whether or not the design fits on a smaller screen, but whether or not it's a good user experience. Okay. And that all goes into the algorithm um, that decides what placements are right. for search engine results. So um, the, the fact that it has to be secure, the, the, the responsiveness, the mobile devices, all that stuff is, the kind of stuff that we handle for our clients because the internet is, it's really the, the weird world of the geek mm-hmm. and small business owners, especially those mom and pops or, you know, folks hanging out their shingles, like we were talking about, they don't have the bandwidth, much less the the resources to become as knowledgeable as they need to be to get the most out of their site. Um, and that's our job. You know, our job is to translate geek to human mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. human back to the geeks so that you never have to interface with the geeks. But, you know, we're able to make things understandable for people. We bridge that gap between the small business owners, you know, knowledge, their brain, their their expertise and their website and enable them to interface with it in a way that doesn't cause them to have to, you know, pound their head against the wall till it bleeds. <laughs> well, and I, and it's, it's valuable because uh, not knowing, like I always say, what you don't know can hurt you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like I didn't know and it was hurting me, and I, I'm glad that you guys are working on on my uh, my stuff as well. But in our fa- final few minutes here, mm-hmm. 
I see online all the time, you and Ashley, uh, your partner, mm-hmm. um, are always promoting launches. Mm-hmm. So that, And I see launches happening every week. So clearly, every time that you have a business, you're launching a uh, business, you're helping the website, you're launching. Yep. Um, give me, a, if you could, a, a, a wonderful recent testimonial of a business that you've launched that can sure. really help our listeners understand the value of the work you do. Sure, yeah. So we do a launch party every, every month. Uh, it's the third Wednesday of the month at our office in Farmer's Branch. Um, we host over 150 websites currently, and so that's a network of, of businesses that can do business together. Mm-hmm. And so that was what it originally uh, started off as, is just introducing the new people in our network to our network. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we have it catered and, and have booze. It's at 6 o'clock in, in, in Farmer's Branch. You can go to our website to find out more. Um, but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a party. It's a, it's a PR launch party um, to, to just get their name out there. We do it uh, once a month. We usually have three to five clients that we're putting out in there. Um, and it's just a way for them to say, you know, to, to be welcomed into the network and, and another value add that we can provide to our clients. What's a recent testimonial that you've received from one of your clients that, <laughs> that had they, it's really become a, a, a 180 for them after yeah. dealing and working with you guys? So um, a good example um, is a, client, a site that we just launched. Um, it is One Wing Studios. Um, it was, it, it was a new website, so it's not really a turnaround, but she has multiple, multiple businesses. Um, she, she's a bookkeeper, she sells clothing, she sells jewelry, um, and she decided to build a, a podcasting suite and a, a photography studio. And we're working on all of her websites, but she had several that she had published again on a software as a service, um, which was uh, through Shopify. Um, and one day out of nowhere, um, Shopify changed a whole lot of stuff on our website and she found out what was going on and they, they didn't know why it happened. It just did. It was somebody else's software and these things happen. Then another time, even more recently, she sells name brand products, right? Name brand clothing. And you're not allowed to do that on Shopify unless you have express written permission from those brands. Mm-hmm. Well, she does, mm. but they shut her down until she could prove it. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> so again, it's, yeah. it's you putting somebody else's, you know, in control of your livelihood. And so, um, we're getting her off of Shopify and we're, we're, uh, we're updating the other websites. We're building new websites for her. So mm-hmm. she has about seven websites that we're building right wow. now, but yeah. Let, let me ask you in our last few seconds, and it's probably an answer that takes more than a few seconds, but you brought <laughs> up a good point. How important is it for a business to make sure that their website name isn't already being used or something similar that after going through all the trouble of having a conversation right. with you, they can't do it. So yeah, domain name is, is the other thing I was actually wanting to talk about if we had time, but we don't, but <laughs> that's the other thing to make sure that you have access to, because if you you know reserve a domain name for six years and then the credit card you used expires, of course, or gets canceled, which all of them do, and the email address you used to sign up for it, you don't answer anymore, then they're sending messages saying it's about to expire and it expires and your website just disappears one day and you don't know how to log in to renew it. Wow. And that is an absolute nightmare. We've actually had to go through like, sign an affidavit and prove um, the the address of the location that they registered it. I mean, to, to get access back to a domain in the past. Um, so those, and, and really just, there's a bunch of health check type stuff. Um, and that's really the, the best thing for any small business owner that's listening and going, gosh, I don't know about any of this stuff. Go to websitehealthcheck.net. We check 260 some odd points of, of important things on your website. It's in depth and it's thorough. Usually we charge $199, but for your listeners, we're doing it at no charge. Awesome. Um, but we aren't, we're only doing it for like the next 25 people. I can't remember exactly where mm-hmm. we're at, but, um, so hurry and log in and get, get, get done. that done. Yeah. Um, there's part of it's automated and part of it's a human uh, that actually goes through all this stuff so that you can understand what the results are. So websitehealthcheck.net. Richard Kinney, founder, CEO of your web guys. You are a great supporter of the show and we appreciate you being on. I appreciate you asking me.
Folks, that wraps up another fantastic week of Thrive Minded Contact. We'll see you next week. Till then, keep thriving.